Hello, this is Grad School Grad, the podcast about public policy and international relations graduate programs in the United States. So for today's episode, I want to talk about preparing academically for going to a public policy or international relations graduate program. Um, I want to highlight what when I talk about preparing academically, I'm talking about uh, just having awareness of uh, some core thoughts to organized mentally, better if it's on a piece of paper, but at least conceptually, you know, be mentally aware of. Um, and the key things that I have is core thoughts to be points that for which you could just from. Um, so like, like you'll hear me say over and over again, um, having starting point is just something that's so important that, but for whatever reason, um, not enough people do that. But, and when you have that starting point, uh, academically and thinking about your uh, graduate school career, it takes you a long distance to just get everything else right. Once you, know, once you figure out how you want to adjust from your starting point. All right, let's start off with the first thing. Uh, I recommend you think about preparing academically, and that's core graduation requirements. Uh, this is important because you need to at least pass to graduate. Um, and there's something to be said about appreciating your academic weaknesses um, and what you need to work on in terms of fundamentals before you start graduate school. So um, I'm going to break this down to two groups. The first is uh, the thing that gets a lot of people into trouble in terms of not being able to graduate, and that's quant, so quantitative matters. Um, I think there's something to be said about um, how for those there's there's a fair amount of people entering policy international relations graduate program who don't have a strong quant background. Now, depending on your school, um, that might matter a lot for some schools. That might not matter as much, but still kind of matter uh, for schools that don't focus on quant that much. But I think there's something to be said about at least figuring out the basics of uh, what are some quant-related skills that you might need uh, to graduate that you currently don't have. Now, I'm not saying that you should like learn on your own what they're going to teach in class. Absolutely not. I'm talking about prereqs. Uh, and, and by prereqs, I don't even mean like what they say, like a class you take that you might have taken in undergrad. I'm just talking about, hey, maybe even just brushing up a little bit on what they say you need to have coming in academically in terms of quantitative skills. You know, you don't need to be perfect on it. You don't need to like, uh, necessarily do problem sets before you even start grad school, but just like uh, conceptually understand where some basic things uh, you need. So you know, it's all on Google, it's all on Wikipedia. Just quickly read up, read up on it um, once you figure it out. But you know, for this, that's the bare minimum. I would say for schools that have more intense quant requirements, like University of Chicago Harris, um, they offer like you know, what's called a math boot camp. Some people call it summer school, and uh, for some schools, it's optional whether you go to math boot camp or summer school. And the thing is that, look, if you don't have a strong quant background, and even if you do come from a strong quant background, I strongly recommend you go to like all the math boot camps that's offered, all the summer schools, and take it seriously. Um, I will say the quality summer schools slash boot camps vary greatly. I hear some that are really good, some that are a joke, and it's more like a social drinking uh, function. But at bare minimum, you know, you get the exposure to it and it's helpful. Um, then another thing tied to quant is 
Now, it's helpful if you can see you can identify one or two people in your cohort, and that's if your school has cohorts. If your school doesn't have cohorts, it becomes a lot more difficult. But identify one or two people uh, that you might take classes with uh, that not only are good at quant, but are good at teaching. Honestly, I probably would not be able to pass, have, like, graduate from uh, my graduate program had I not had uh, someone uh, in, my, in my classes, a lot of my quant classes, who was uh, not only good at quant, but really good at teaching. The person is actually a tutor in uh, her undergrad. Uh, so I want to clarify, there, there's a very big difference between being good at quant and being good at teaching. There are some people who are absolutely phenomenal uh, at quant who just not, sometimes weren't even awful teachers. They just refused to teach. We actually had someone who had a master's degree in something quant related and refused to help people. Um, that does happen. Uh, I mean, I'm speaking to my own personal uh, graduate school experience. All right, and then there's qual qualitative. So the people that struggle struggle most with qualitative are, from what I've seen, are international students and those transitioning from the non-government, non-political space. Um, so I do realize, depending on where you're coming from, uh, how much time you have, it might be a little bit difficult to, you know, brush up, be aware of just general government understanding. I think uh, there's something to be said about understanding the basics of policy in the U.S. This is just stuff like listening to some podcasts and just get an idea what the conversation are about. I want to highlight the key things policy and not politics. Those are two related but somewhat separate things. Um, and, and there's something to be said about learning beyond what you see on the news. So um, for international students, those transition from non-government space or non-political policy space, um, I think you know, it's just just lean in what you can. Again, you don't need to like read books. You don't need to take classes before and unless your school tells you to, but usually they don't. Uh, but you should cover most of this in policy school. But at the same time, don't want to go in utterly lost and confused. Um, and it's good to have a some level of grounding. So second area I recommend people prepare academically for is to think about their academic focus area. Again, you don't, you don't need to know your academic focus area that you want to like leave graduate school with um, on day one. But I think it's smart to identify focus areas that interest you. Uh, at least two, um, and if you have space or time for it, a third. And the way I always recommend people think about it is like have one of the three be something they're absolutely interested in Second is something that, you know, backup per se. And then if there's room for a third, I'd be something from left field that um, they haven't heard much of, but some, it just excites them. So for me, my primary was education. Uh, I switched out of that pretty quickly. Uh, my second was labor, which I also switched out of. And my third, uh, which at that time was not that big of a policy area, was technology policy. Now it's become a much bigger um, policy area. So in the third is what kind of landed on. All right, and then also tied to academic focus areas, um, identify what professors you might want to build a relationship with based off of you know what your academic focus areas are. Um, here's the reality: like different professors have different levels of interest in being helpful. Uh, some are just so busy; they're <laughs> it's very difficult to get a hold of them. So if you, I just you know going in know who you want to talk to, uh, who you want to mentor you, you can like figure out how to build relationships over time. Uh, I do want to warn that sometimes the most successful professors are not necessarily the most relevant professors. And it, you know, that's just something you need to be smart about.
All right, let's talk about a third area of recommendation for academic preparation. That's about thinking about your capstone. So most schools have a graduation requirement. It's either a big research project or a consulting project, sometimes a little bit both. It's called a capstone. Um, usually with a capstone, um, there's a, some level of uh, electiveness of you determine what you, what you focus on. Again, you don't need to know your capstone day one, but at least helps out if prior to grad school, you think about what generally interests you, and you could, you know, you can, you could just from there. So, um, I knew going in, I wanted to do something uh, related to uh, labor performance um, among um, among young young Americans. So, I mean, my capstone ended up being something different from that, but I built built out uh, my adjustments over time. Um, and adjusted over time, but I had a good starting point to go with. All right, and then the fourth thing, the last thing I recommend uh, people prepare academically for is just prioritize some skills you want to develop in school. So in graduate school, uh, it, you have unique opportunities to between earning skills, uh, but also, but also um, get certificates for certain skills or areas of knowledge you want to get. Um, some popular ones are negotiation, data visualization. Uh, for those in IR programs, maybe a regional focus. Um, so yeah, data visual, data advanced data analysis is ones that are out there in some schools. Um, some schools have all sorts of interesting certificates out there. Um, I, I got my fair share of certificates and, uh, some interesting, uh, academic skills from grad school that I appreciate. But uh, these aren't exactly things that will help you get a job per se, but they are either interesting experiences where you get exposed to interesting things or just things that are, will help you, help you in the long run to just be professionally sound. So the reason why you want to think about this early on, because um, you don't have to necessarily plan out like all two years of graduate school per se, but it's good to think about, hey, what are the opportunities out there that you want to reach for? Be, um, because you know, that will that will kind of like help you think about how you manage your registration. And oh, by the way, registration does come around uh, for first semester, usually before you start school, or at least uh, the, the first few days of starting school. And and you know, if it in red, usually what you register for first semester impacts what you register for, don't register for second semester, so so on and so forth, or whatever scheduling program your uh, graduate school has. But again, just thinking big picture, if you start off knowing what you want to shoot for, you can have some idea of when you want to uh, accomplish certain things throughout your uh, two-year graduate school career. Or for some people with abbreviated programs, one-year graduate school career. So ultimately, what I want to wrap up with is like, look, um, preparing academically matters. Uh, the absolute worst case scenario is I, I have seen people who fail that academically because they did absolutely zero preparation. Um, and just thought they'd walk in and class would be easy like it was an undergrad for the person, I, the people I knew who washed out. Um, then, yeah, and... You, again, you don't have to have everything perfect, but you don't need to know everything, but just start thinking about things. Um, and I think thinking about things is helpful. So, all right, hope this, 
this is uh, helpful. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye.